Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Welcome back to Homeschool Together. Thank you for joining us. If you have a chance and you'd like to support the podcast, there are links and uh, links to our YouTube channel as well where we are putting out numerous videos about our ancient history, If build your library. If that is something that you guys are planning to do or looking forward to doing in the near future, make sure you bookmark those playlists and, and save them for later viewing. You know, at the end of the night when your kids are asleep and you don't want to watch Netflix and you want to stare at our giant heads, you know, some, something to do to cast onto the television or something of that nature. Um, so today we are talking about... By popular demand. By I would, big time. Everyone has asked. You've, you, you've teased this episode for like I the have. last at least two years, if not, you know, all the way back. I have. That you have, have teased using Kanban in homeschooling. And Kanban is something that we've both used at work pretty extensively yep. because it's used quite a bit in, in tech uh, in the tech world. In the tech world. Um, and talking about like how we can adapt that for homeschooling has been something that people have been asking about. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's, it's, it falls under the rubric of organization, planning, mm-hmm. getting things done, things mm-hmm. of that nature. And it's essentially a development process. Right. And it's not very super rigid. There are mm-hmm. groups who will do it differently. You'll read it online. Some people do it certain ways. And I know there are families that you know, will pick and choose things that they want to do and um, businesses will pick and choose what they want to do. So there's no hard and fast rules, but there are some guidelines, you know, sort of like the well, Pirates of the Caribbean is more like guidelines. <laughs> right. Well, and I think if you look at it online, you might see some things and go, oh, that's not applicable to me. Yeah, I don't know what that means. But, or, you know, we've yeah. done Kanban. We did Kanban at home for yeah. home-based projects. Uh, so it's one of these things that it's more of a of a methodology and a framework it's a way of thinking right and you change that to be what works for you we don't currently do this in our homeschool right now although we may i think we probably will do this in the future when our kids are a little bit older yeah i'm actually getting prepared like mentally for doing it um maybe next year once we have our youngest now ascending into you know kind of the cornerstone of you know, starting to get into the cornerstone curriculums like the Build Your right. Library and, and the Torchlight curriculum. Getting into, you know, reading the world, yeah. and, and having those things. Once I'm going to have to manage two people. So I'm still managing, you know, for the most part, I'm still just managing the one. And that's pretty easy to do. And it's right. pretty straightforward. But once so I have... A little bit of pre-reading and other things, yeah, and, preschool and I, stuff. And, and I see this being very applicable for a very busy family, a family right. that has a lot going on a family that is trying to cultivate independent learners. And it's a a good... And independent responsibility. Yeah, independent responsibility. Um, So I'm starting to get to that point. Like Mm -hmm. I have a second grader who I'm now going to start asking to go off and do her homeschool, do her reading and do her activities, whatever those might be. This is a time where I'm planning, you know, inside my head on incorporating this. As Ariel said, we've used this in our, you know, in our careers before, and I used it extensively um, in my role as a software product owner, um, in an agile development, um, 
situation in my company for developing software. You used it a little bit kind of ad hoc within your the naval architecture when you were doing yeah, that. Yeah, we've used it in in our project teams, and we have we still use it now in our software yeah. development. Um, and it it is an interesting thing. What I think it's great for. It's great to visualize the work that you're doing. It's it great with, if you have a problem with with actually taking things through to completion. Yeah. You know, like if you're if you're one of those folks and, you know, I, I'm there in some areas of my life right now and have been there big time in the past. Um, you know, if you're one of those folks that gets to like 90 percent and you just don't get things over the finish line, or, or this is a really great thing to do. Or if you're, yeah, you're one of those people who can't finish jobs, you're right. That's perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Or if you're another person who has 10 jobs that are all 10% complete right? and you don't know what to work on and everything, again, this is something that will help you there. Right. So it helps both the people who cannot finish, you can't bring it across the finish line, mm-hmm. and for the people who can't stay focused. So let's talk a little bit about what kind of where it came from and kind of the things that Kanban does the best. So it was developed by Toyota. So think about like a manufacturing process. So they're taking something from development to completion Mm -hmm. and not just in the engineering department where we take an idea and we make the design a thing or we we make a prototype, but also in like the production of doing things. And, you know, if if you could imagine yourself being, you know, in any environment, whether you're manufacturing something or whether you're building something like software or you're just doing an outside project that has many, many little itty bitty steps mm-hmm. to get you from A to B to the end of the project. Kanban was developed as a way to streamline that process, find errors that, that may uh, you know crop up, mm-hmm. find things that are blocking your project to help move you guys faster. And that's really the, the, the idea is, is the idea of how can I get this wide diverse group of people who are doing a wide diverse group of things that are all working together to make something whatever that thing might be, whether mm-hmm. it's a company, whether you're farming or gardening out back or building that step, you know, that stone project out in the front yard or whatever it might be. How do you get a bunch of people together and you get that project to completion? In or the, even one person. Or one person, it, get it to completion in a an efficient manner. And that's right. really kind of like the origin of the idea. And this kind of falls under the umbrella of Agile. And Agile is kind of a developmental me- methodology kind of a mindset that says, I have an idea of what I want. I have this vision of what I want to achieve, whatever that thing might be. Your homeschool, I want my kid to learn to read, or I want to finish this curriculum, or I want to do this gardening project out back. I have a vision of what it looks like, but I don't know exactly how to get there. And I don't know if my end point where I need to go is actually where I need to go. And it may be a little bit different. You may like find as you're moving through a project, oh, we really should develop it this way or we really should make something this way or my child is not really working well in this way, I need to pivot slightly mm-hmm. and then I go in a di- little bit different direction. The way I've always seen it drawn is like if you draw a point of A and a point B and you just draw a line to point B, you say, okay, you start at A and you say, I'm going to B. And if you just go to B, you get to B and you go, oh, really, I needed to go to C. Mm-hmm. All right, and then you draw another line to C. Well, you could have just said, well, how do I get from A to C? Or how do I go towards B and then find out that I need to go to C? Right. And I think it's this ultimate flexibility flexibility. with Agile. Um, And, you know, if we could liken it to homeschool for just just a minute, we we could say something like, you know, I... I'm going to go down this path of, let's say, Charlotte Mason inspired, uh, you know, 
curriculum. And this is what I want to do. And this is how I want to move through. But along the way, you could either just head down and just do it. Or you could be re- be, could be constantly assessing along the way. Is mm-hmm. this the best fit for my family? Maybe I should think about pivoting next year and doing a different curriculum. Right. So and it's this, and this being thinking, adaptable. And this thing allows you to check in often to understand, you know, are we doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. You know, is there a way that we could do it better and move forward? Is there a better, you know, goal that we need to have? And can we move towards that goal? A lot of times when you have this very rigid thinking where it's like A to B, like my, my analogy there, if you're just like head down, I'm just going to B, and you find out that was the wrong place to go, you think about all, all the wasted time you got to that point, and right. now you have to pivot. If along the way you were pivoting in little increments, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you found up at the end of this thing, you were at C, and that's where you were supposed to be. Right. You feel like, okay, I made the right decisions along the way. I discovered where we really needed to go. Right. Even within using a single curriculum, maybe yeah. it's your the approach of how you're teaching it. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, my learner's not really grasping this. I mean, this happened when we started with Right Start Math. Exactly. You know, we started with our kindergartner and Right Start, and she wasn't exactly getting it. And you realized, like, oh, I need to just tweak my approach a little bit. Oh, I need to try sitting next to my learner rather than across from her. I need to, you know, those tweaks, those little micro things are getting you further down that path. And I think we as homeschoolers, we do this, you know, just intuitively. Yeah, pretty naturally. Because we're so, we're so in the moment with them. Right. And we're not like a a teacher who has 30 kids and they're just trying to get from A to B, right? Right. At the end of the year. And we're trying to go from A to knowledge. And where is the knowledge that we need to get? We kind of have a direction we know we want to go and we're Mm going to discover it along the way. And the thing that Kanban and, you know, by extrapolation, agile in in general, when you're thinking about Kanban, you're trying to solve essentially four problems. Um, There's a knowledge problem, which is the A to B or A to C. How do I get to where I want to go versus where I think I need to go? and then the next thing is prioritization. How do I do all the little steps? How do I do all the little things? And which order do I do them in? Right. That's a that's always a that's kind of a paralysis problem that you end mm-hmm. up having. And then there's a question of what do I do in the moment, right? And then we call that work in progress. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. So knowledge, prioritization, what, and then the final one is the quality. Now, quality is kind of a that's more of like a you think production or software or something like that. What is quality in homeschool as well? It's the idea is did my learner learn the thing I just taught to them? What is did the, they absorb it? Did they absorb it? You'll see in, in Kanban refer to it as done and that they call it the definition of done. Is this work actually done? Right. You at home who gets your project 90% complete or 99% complete and you're not actually done. I haven't done the touch-up painting in the bathroom. I haven't yeah. put the cover back on the electrical outlet. Right. You just haven't done it. It's just sitting there, mm-hmm. right? How do you call something done? And, and a lot of times, like in a home project for me, the definition of done is not only has the cover been put back on, but everything has been cleaned up and all the material has been put back in its place, in the garage, ready for the next time I this need This was it. like a 20-year evolution, by the way. No. you didn't used to, you used to be a very 90 percenter until you actually... Not even a 90 percenter. I was like, it, it became, I went I went from a 90 percenter to a 10 percenter to <laughs> yeah, a, like, it, I don't know what I'm doing percenter. Well, and know. it was hard once we had kids because that, that yeah. tendency to not finish got worse, right? And so we started using Kanban at home and actually you have introduced it to a friend of yours who is using Kanban at home for their household projects. So this, all this stuff we're talking about 
is totally applicable to your stuff at home as much as it could be to your homeschool. And and he's like, it's revolutionized his life. He calls it the booze board. (laughs) Yeah, he's just so excited because they're getting so many things done and projects that they've been meaning to, to tackle and, you know, things that have been on his list. And that stuff that's on our list from a, a psychological standpoint, it really weighs us down. It does. I, I know and it affects some people differently than others, but I know I'm very much of a list person and the the number of things I know that need to be done, they just really weigh on me and they, they harm my ability to kind of move forward and mentally process new things. So um, if that's you, this could be really helpful to help you get through your backlog. And and you're probably sitting there listening to this going, if you've never seen Kanban, if you've never done anything about it, um, we're getting to what it looks like in the in practice. And we're going to talk about a board and we're going to talk about the lanes and we're going to talk about the sticky notes and actually talk about what it actually looks like and how to actually do it. But before we get into that, let's a little, talk a little bit more about kind of the abstract benefits of Kanban. And that would be first for me more than anything is the visual organization. And what that, what does that mean? It, Essentially, Kanban provides you just a very clear visualization, and it represent it represents all the tasks and the progress that you've made, helping both you and your children know where you are. So, thinking about this in a homeschooling standpoint, you have all these things you need to accomplish, whatever they might be, and we tend to call those the backlog. Here are all the things I have to do, and I've broken them all up, and I have all my little tasks, and then we're going to go ahead and start doing them, and you start to visually prioritize them. You stack them from top to bottom. So you just take off the top of the stack. It takes a lot of that um, anxiety of, oh, what do we do next? You've done that work. There's a lot of visualization with Kanban. And that's, I think, more than anything, helps people, I think, the most when they are doing some project or they're doing um, some type of large effort, whatever it might be, whether you're doing the education, math, or reading, or you know you're doing the backyard gardening project, or you're building a Toyota pickup truck. You're visually seeing where you are. You're visually seeing the work that is that has to come, the work that is actually happening, and the work that has been done. And you visually see that, and that helps, I think, alleviate a lot of a lot of fog that happens with with trying to complete a large effort. And you know, our children's effort, you know, our children's education should be looked at as like Toyota building a truck. It's a big thing, right? For us, our children's education isn't a one-day project. It's mm-hmm. not a two-month project. It's a decades project. And this is a long-term project that needs to be done in a thoughtful manner. And doing it in a visual way can really, really help you set you up for success and, and allow you to be more efficient with what you're doing. So, and I know that this all sounds kind of complex. We're talking about agile and Kanban and all this stuff. It's actually super, super simple. Super simple. We'll get into like. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get into it. It sounds like there's a lot of things, but it's funny how just a small shift in mindset and a little bit of organization can really change. It has, it can have big changes, even though it's a really simple system. It's a super simple system, but there's some principles that we'll get to. Right. That are super important. It helps to alleviate conflict in whatever you're doing. Next thing is flexibility. This is a big thing about it. It allows you the flexibility to learn, not just moving from, you know, your large goal that you're trying to find where you need to go. You know, how is your learner adapting to this education? What is working best mm-hmm. for them? But it also allows you to say, well, something else that is higher priority just came in. We have found out we are deficient in rounding of numbers. Mm -hmm. We cannot move forward until we have gotten that concept down. Mm -hmm. It allows you to say what we are currently doing is not what we should be doing. Move that back. 
and this is now the highest priority item. We have to figure this out. Like for example, if you're learning to read a word and you're starting to do three letter uh, phoneme co you know, um, combinations like a string, S-T-R-I-N-G, right? We're having to, to, to blend these sounds together and our learner is not doing a good job with that. We cannot move on. Let's go ahead and do some extra work so we start to blend our sounds better, right? It allows you the flexibility to, I, to say, all this other work is great, but we can't move forward until we have really yeah. done this thing. And that's, shuffle. it allows you to be flexible in your day-to-day. -day. Or for example, if something else comes in and says, hey, we have to have a science project, it's due next week. Since we're homeschoolers, we can dictate what we do. Okay, we got to figure this. We got to finish right. this project. We got to put more effort here. Or there's a big um, orchestra um, thing for coming up that your your child is doing a musical orchestra and they need to practice more. Or they're doing a play or something of that nature. Or we need to devote more time. Right. It allows you to be flexible and say that this is now this thing is taking you know the highest priority of, of what we're doing. Right. So it's it's flexibility with priority. It's yeah. also flexibility to add new tasks or exactly. different things. So you've got both of those pieces. It also reduces the overwhelm because this oh, yeah. is all about limiting what we call WIP, which is work in progress. Mm -hmm. So the stuff that's on your board, if you've got a Kanban board that's got 50 items on it, mm -hmm. none of them ever get done, right? This is all about limiting the amount of things that you're actually doing in real time so mm -hmm. that you're not trying to you know, split your focus everywhere. So if you easily get overwhelmed, this is a great thing for folks to do. Well, and, and this is where I think a lot of projects, like whether it's home projects, even in the corporate uh, arena as well, people get overwhelmed. Like I got 50 things to do. Mm -hmm. And this is where you're talking about the work in progress is so important. This is like one of the founding issues that Kanban solves, which is it allows you to focus what you're working on and not have additional things. So, so for example, I told my friend when he went to do his board, I said, hey, when you have your tasks that are in progress, you have to limit how many you can do. I can do two things. I can work on this one project and I can work on this other project. I can't do anything else. Right. He goes, well, what happens if the flexibility, my wife comes in or my, my parent comes in and says, you have to now do this. You say, fine, that's great. Tell me which of the items that I'm currently working on has to go back into the list. Mm -hmm. And then I will now work on this project or this new task as the highest priority items. It limits how many things you have to work on so that you can focus and get those little tasks done and then you can move on. And well, and this is a great a great segue yeah. into another benefit, which is that it is collaborative. Yes. So just what you said there. So you've got some things in progress and somebody else comes in or something, you get a call that from a teacher that you got to work on such and such for your, yeah. your kids' like we had today, music I, tutoring I had, or whatever. I had, a, I had a discussion with um, my daughter's teacher at the reading class at our parent partnership. And she said, hey, we're going to start doing... Um, some work on grammar. We're going to talk about sentence structure, nouns, verbs, uh, adjectives. I go, great. I love that. Let me know when you start that in there because I will start to piggyback on that and I'll do that work mm -hmm. at home. And then so you guys can work together in the class once a week and I can then do the additional work along the way and we can work together. So we can then become focused and aligned and all that type of stuff. And that's really the key thing about the work in progress is being aligned with what needs to be done. I know this sounds very strange. Like, how do you do this? What happens is this re re reduces the conflict because you say, I can only do two things at a time. I mean, physically, we can only we can right. only ever do your homeschool day is only so long. And we only, have a mile long task yeah. list. Right? Yeah. And, and, and our children may have, you know, a million things they need to do. Right. And, and they can't do 
more than a couple of things at a mm-hmm. time. And if we just say, here's 20 things to get them all done, they don't know where to, what to do, what's the right. first thing. They get 10% done on everything and nothing gets finished. And let's say that you've yeah. got a big field trip you want to take halfway through Absolutely. your day so that while I can normally get seven tasks done a day, today it's going to be a three-task day. Yeah. You can you can make that that change. That's that flexibility. But the collaborative nature, it's, it's engaging and it's collaborative. It really engages kids and adults because it's very visual. This is all a visual system. This is not about like a list on a piece of paper. Usually it's done in some sort of a, on a board on the wall mm-hmm. or, um, you know, we, there's digital Kanban versions too, but I, I like, I like the old school on the board with sticky notes sticky or notes magnets or something yeah. like that. Um, you know, it's very visual and engaging and then you can collaborate together because you can all stand there. You're all looking at the same problem mm-hmm. and you can all think about what's the best way to accomplish this. You know, at the beginning of the week, hey, we've got to do all of these things this week in homeschool and we've got all these different things going on. You can get your learner involved in how should we prioritize these things? What should we get done first? How can we knock off maybe the, the biggest issues and you know get their input and buy-in on that? I think that's part of the big thing about Kanban is getting the team's buy-in. Yeah. Everyone is, you know, reading from the same piece of music. Because sometimes I think that at least our kids seem to feel like we're kind of dictating to them. Yeah. Okay, guys, so for homeschool today, this is what we're doing. You know, we've set the agenda. Mm-hmm. This might be a way, if you if you have kids who, you know, push back on that, this might be a great way to say, hey, this is all the things we need to keep up with. How do you want to tackle them? Yeah, in practice, like, for example, when we're doing, um, when I used to do software and I had a Kanban team, we our team was about, I think, about seven people. And there was no, even though I was like the product owner setting the backlog, the developers were over there doing the development work. We had testers, we had documentation, we had a scrum master who kind of like organized the thing. We were all equals in this arena. We were all working together as sort of like an engine, trying to get things mm-hmm. through the engine as po- as fast as possible. And talking a little bit about the whip, why I say two or three things is the limit is because that's what it was across the board, whether you're a developer, a manufacturing person, yeah. these tasks can, you know, they take a certain amount of time and you cannot just give 50 of those things to somebody. Limiting it to two or three things, typically two and to start, is probably your best, your best option. Limiting things to about two things, two tasks is your best way because the keyword that kind of the metric that they always talk about in Kanban is is this term called throughput, right? A person only has the ability to do so much work. And what you wanted them to do is you want them to do as much work as possible in the most efficient way possible. That's just kind of a throughput problem, right? And if you're thinking about your learner, it's learning something, doing an activity, understanding a new concept, whatever it is, there's only so much throughput through their brain, mm-hmm. right? Before they start to overload, things start to overfill and they, you know, they, they get distracted and whatnot. And we want to really be aware of what is the capacity of the person right. that we're working with and limiting that work, allowing them to be the most successful they can be is I think the key to this. And so you're right, like, you know, being collaborative, working together, seeing everybody as equals you being a parent, obviously we have this hierarchical nature relationship mm-hmm. with our kids, but starting, also partners. Yeah, but thinking about yeah, our homeschool as a partnership and working together, um, especially when we want to start to cultivate independent learners, independent thinkers, 
we want them to go off and do their work because maybe we have three kids and we need kids to be able to be a little bit independent. Well, and we want them to, even yeah. if you only have one, you want them to grow to independence. This is something exactly. that we're teaching them and teaching them how to effectively get things planned and done is a, a huge life skill. Oh, yeah. So I think that that's great. So, so we've talked about all these benefits and things. Let's talk about like what is Kanban. Yeah, let's just talk about in practice. Very often Kanban is a board system. This can be digital and this can be physical. And what I would recommend to you is to do a physical board. Yeah, it's a big the, whiteboard or something. It's an easy thing. You have a big whiteboard. The one right behind you is a good example of that yep. um, that we use for our letter tiles for all about uh, reading. Um, but basically a two or three foot you know, board. It Get can a be board. The bigger good, the better, honestly. Bigger the better, honestly. And essentially you're trying to, you're going to divide that board into three sections. There are some Kanban people who have like four or five sections, but in in its simplest form, it is three sections. Mm -hmm. You have the first column, which is the work you need to get done. To do. To do. And then the middle part is doing. Doing. And then the final part is done. done. And it's so simple. <laughs> three categories. That's it. And then there are people who have very complex, you know, magnets and things that you write on. Don't have to do that. Just go get some sticky notes. Just go get some 3M sticky notes. <laughs> right. And you just write the task on the outside of the sticky note and you sticky it in. And the important thing is to have enough space so that you can put your priority, right? All the work that you have to do is in priority order. Sometimes you can mark it one, two, three, four, doesn't matter. Sometimes it's just what is the item on the top of the list and go ahead and do that. Sticky notes are great because you can peel them off, put them on a new thing. You can reorder things really quick. Mm -hmm. And if you think sticky notes is kind of silly, we planned a, an entire software release that had 70 developers. I mean, think about how large of a team. It was mm -hmm. across the world. We were in Seattle, LA, and Germany. And we all got together in one location. And it took us about four or five hours. We broke up on all of our teams because I had two mm -hmm. teams. And the other guy had two teams. And we had three teams in Germany, two in, two in Belgium as well. And we all got together and we all planned a massive you know software product release talking about all the features all the bugs mm -hmm. all the all the development work that needed to get done and we did it all with purple and green sticky notes yep and we, and we did a 60 million dollar <laughs> vessel construction all in sticky notes all in sticky notes because they're so easy and you haven't invested so much time into making them that you feel like you can't toss them i mean they're just they're really easy. So the idea is like, let's let's give a homeschool application for this. Exactly. So at the beginning of the week, you make up a bunch of sticky notes. I want to do two math lessons. So you have a math lesson, two sticky notes for math lessons. Yeah. You've got, I want three reading lessons, three sticky notes for that. I want uh, my child to learn to read. And and this is the cool thing about um, about the different colors. They can represent different they things. They can represent different things. And we did that with our sticky notes. I don't know about you, but we, mm -hmm. had, we had sticky notes that were um, the features we had sticky notes that were kind of the infrastructure, like we have to re mm -hmm. rewrite all the section of code underneath the, you know, the underneath the, the main layer, you have mm -hmm. to do all these other things. We had sticky notes for bugs, critical bugs that need to be mm -hmm. fixed. We had all different color coding. So yeah, you can visually all different groups. You can visually see yeah. the weighting, you know, associated with different things. Right. And you or you could decide that you want to do this by a week. You could decide you want to do it by a and, day. Yeah. You could say, Okay, in my day, every day we're gonna do math and, and a reading lesson and twenty minutes of reading, whatever. Yeah. So you, you make all of your sticky notes. I want my child to practice violin. I want 
we have some chores we need to get done around the house. You know, there's outdoor playtime. We need to get outside at least two days a week, whatever it is. You have all of this and you just have this pile of like things and you stick them all over the board. And, and as you say, you either write on them or you move them, you know, the higher up is, is the higher priority. And then you just stand and you decide how you're going to tackle them. Yeah. It's, that this is as easy as it is, yeah. but I think it's. But it really, has the thinking underneath it, right? right? And that's the key thing. Because the really important part is you're breaking down your tasks into things that aren't too big. You can't say like uh, finish all about reading level two. That's not a task, no. right? Finish one lesson or even a half a lesson, depending on how much it takes. Well, and, and they and all the, have to be small. Yeah, they all have to be small. In in the software development world, we always limited a task to something that was about four hours worth of work. And you can think about in your homeschool. You know, what is my child willing to do? Is it like a half hour effort or is it a 15 you know, minute effort? Whatever works best for you. What is the, you know, that, that cookie cutter piece of, uh, of size of amount of work that your child can handle in a single sitting? Like if you have a really patient child, maybe you can do an hour's worth of math. If you have a not so patient kid and you have to get up and move a little bit, um, maybe it's 15 minutes, maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe you have a younger student um, who's, you know, a kindergartner and they need to, they, they have about a 10 minute window and then you got to move on to something new. Whatever that is, you set your tasks that have to be at least that size, if not smaller. And the one, like, for example, a great example that we always talked about was um, if we had a bug in software um, and it was assigned to somebody, they would come back the next day and say, this bug is going to be a larger effort. It's going to take um, multiple days worth of doing. I have now broken it up into three or four pieces. I've moved the pieces back over to here and I'm going to take the first piece and that's going to take me three hours to do. Once I get that done, we'll then close that out. I'll bring in the next item to fix it because it, we realized it was a bigger effort. For example, if you go out and you're doing a project and you're running, you know, I don't know, some piping or something under the ground and you realize, oh my gosh, I forgot to call the utilities or maybe I have to go rent now, I have to rent a backhoe because I have some rocks in the dirt. It added time, you go ahead and create an extra couple tasks and then you go ahead and, and reprioritize your work. Just like what you had said with like learning to read, right? Hey, we're doing our reading lesson this week. We realized halfway through that this concept is very difficult for my youngster to learn I need to bring in some additional resources. I'm going to break this task up, add a few new sticky notes and say, hey, make sure I do, I'm going to make you do the, you know, the teachers pay teachers worksheets that I just got off online. I'm going to ask you to redo the, the, the lesson concept from the day before. We're going to redo our literacy pages for, for the work this week. And I'm going to ask you to do some more vocabulary, right? So I added some more tasks because mm -hmm. the task that we originally thought was going to take an hour is really going to take me four hours this week and that's okay and that's absolutely fine because we've realized it was more work than we we would we were ready to you know commit to or or that you were ready to do this is a very normal thing within the kanban world and this goes back to that flexibility to realize that the task that i have to complete is larger than what i think so i'm going to break it up into smaller pieces and we'll be able to go ahead and do that because what you like what you said oh this week we want to do three reading lessons well, maybe because this concept is more difficult than we have mm -hmm. to, we're going to down prioritize the other two lessons because we're going to be lucky to get this one lesson done for this week because I have to do these extra things because we realized that this task was too big. And that's a really important thing about Kanban, not only limiting the work in progress, 
but making sure that task doesn't just sit there for, you know, a -hmm. week, right? Uh, My task is to uh, stay in the whole backyard, you know, fence and do this. Well, that's that's a massive project, right? right? You can't do that. How would I do that in a Kanban world? Well, the first thing I would do is I'd have a, like, I think staying in the fence is a good one. Help you walk through what you're thinking. My goal is to stay in the fence in the backyard, okay? We have, uh, you know, 150 feet of, of fence I need to stain. Well, I'm going to start building out little sticky notes for that. First thing I'm going to do, um, pick the stain with my wife. Okay. That's our first task. Cause that's mm-hmm. going to take an hour. We need to go to Lowe's. We need to pick out what we want. Right. We're going to buy what we Just need. Don't go and try to do it by yourself. Cause you'll be wrong. I'll be wrong. <laughs> um, I'll have another sticky note, assemble the, the, the sprayer and test it and make sure it works. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll do that. And that's a, that's a task that I can do and finish and close out. Right. The next task would be, um, set up a drop cloth. Um, make sure I have enough drop cloths and prepare and set up my material for Saturday. Weather's going to be great. I set up everything. Rather than having to run to Lowe's when you, Saturday comes and you try to get everything out, your spray nozzle's clogged. You don't have the drop cloth you need. So you're going to run to Lowe's. Prep the work. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's Saturday. I say, okay, my first task is I believe this first 50 feet I can get done in two hours. That's a task. So I'm gonna go ahead and spray that that first 50 feet. That may take longer than I expected. That's great, that's a piece of information. Now I know the next, you know, one hour worth of work is, you know, 25 feet instead of 50 feet. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I can do 100 feet or I can do half the project in two hours. Right. I don't know, right? So go ahead and you start making all your sticky notes and then you just go ahead and start f- finishing them. And then you have a mm-hmm. sticky note at the end is when your f- fence is done, I have a sticky note, wife comes out, does wife like the work that has been done? You know, is it good? Um, at the very end, uh, clean up all my material, clean up all the work. Um, I've put away the the storage stuff, right? I have all these little sticky notes. And this sounds silly. It sounds I know it's so dumb, but it sounds silly to break it all up like this. But I'll so tell you powerful. what, this is the, the example we used where, you know, you're like, hey, Saturday's the day I'm going to do this fence staining. You didn't check on with me on the color. So you just went to the store and bought something. Then you got started. The nozzle is clogged. You don't have all the equipment you need. You got to go back to the store. You spent three hours just messing around before you even got started. Then you get started. You end up going, you end up doing a length and a half of fence. And then it rains the next day. So now we have a fence and a half stained instead of just you completed one section and then just stopped because you're like, oh, that section took me two hours. I've completed that task. This next one's going to take me another two hours. I don't have that much time. I'm not going to start it because you're not going to go halfway and then stop. Right. So these are these are the things or you and you get done and then you don't clean out the spray nozzle when you're finished. Mm -hmm. And so you put it away and the next time you try to use it, it's all clogged. Right. Or you didn't properly put the stain away. And this stuff sounds silly, but this is exactly what we do because we're so busy. Because a lot of times we try to wing things. and We wing it all. And, and, and the thing that I love about Kanban, not only does it limit your work in progress, not only does it make your tasks that you have to complete small and achievable, um, but it allows you to think about the project ahead of time, try to put together essentially a project plan. And I know it sounds like, like you're over planning, pulling out a bunch of sticky notes and saying, set up sprayer. Um, a pick stain with wife, uh, stain a quarter yeah. of the fence. We're you're talking just, about moments. The moments six just, you're just writing it down. And then, yeah. and then while you do the project, you might say, you come back to your board and you go, okay, this work is more than I thought it was. Let me write a couple more sticky notes. And so that you can then see the progress as you make it your It really forces you to think out the yeah. whole project. Yeah. 
And in thinking through, you come up with things you didn't realize you might have to do. I mean, so let's liken this to a project that your child wants to do, that they want to, you know, you want to have an an end goal of some project. Then they're going to think about all the pieces and they're going to make up the notes and say, these are all the different pieces that I need to get this done. You know, maybe you have a teen that has a goal that they want to... um, I don't know, earn money to buy a car or whatever oh, it is, oh, right? Go to, go to a bake sale. Like they're doing at the, the local community. Right. Bake we, sale. we did a farmer's market bake sale this year and our daughter had a wonderful time with it. There was all kinds of steps with that. So like, okay, we got to figure out what you want to make. We have to apply for the permit. You know, we have to, you, you have to have the money there. We have to then shop for the ingredients. Or then pick we your recipes. Pick your recipes, shop for the ingredients. There's a bunch of pieces forcing you to think through all the steps. And it, it forces you to really not skip a step, not wing it, and also actually finish it. Because those steps at the end that were like, oh, yeah, 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 that looks good. And then you never put your tools away. Or, you know, you you never finish that. I remember when we were younger, one time we came home from camping and did not clean out the ice chest. Because we were just busy and we didn't, there wasn't on the list. And then we went to use the ice chest a month later. And that was a very sad day. Very sad uh, you know what I mean? Because we didn't, we just didn't think about that. As we're yeah. older now, we're a little bit more conscientious. But if you don't want to have to rely on just remembering everything you've got to do, this is a great way to, yeah. to do that. Absolutely. Um, another thing that is in um, kind of agile world and Kanban, which isn't, I mean, they, they do it a lot, but it's not necessarily you have to do it. Um, but it's something that is done very often in the agile Kanban-y type of world. doesn't mean you can't do it in any other type of like waterfall development, which is like the A to B. Okay, you're, getting, you're getting geeky. I, I know. You're I'm getting, getting geeky. I'm getting really geeky. Anyway. It's called, it's called a daily stand-up. And one of the things that basically, essentially, I'll, I'll just walk you through what it is. You get the whole team together. You spend 15 minutes. You look at the board. You say, how is everyone doing on the work that's already assigned to you? Here's what's coming up today. Here's the next things that we might need to do. Um, is anything on the board done? Okay, we, it's done. Let's go ahead and close that. And here's the next item that you can take. We did this every single day in software. And yeah. I had two development teams. It was from 10 o'clock to 10.30. And it was 10 to 10.15, 10.15 to 10.30. And I had two stand-ups. And we prioritized all the work in about 15 minutes. Right. And it, it always ran smooth. And what's great about this is that this is a moment where you as a family can get together and say, here's what we're going to do today. A lot of us do morning basket type of stuff mm-hmm. you can incorporate it there as well and you don't have to be so formal and rigid about no, it no. you could just say hey let's look at the board today let's go ahead and you know this is what we're going to do or this is what's going to happen today i know a lot of times our girls ask me in the morning what's happening today dad right yeah what you kind know? of day is it is it a day i go yeah. to school today is it a day that she goes to preschool is it a day that we have dance class exactly. you know what's hey, yeah it, it's the, that the knowledge is the problem and that's what the this daily stand-up does is and to think about incorporating a daily stand-up into your own family, it could be called the family stand-up or whatever it might be. Right. It's a great way to pull out information. So, hey, um, you know, your oldest is doing Khan Academy on Algebra 2, right? Whatever it is. And they're working on this. It's a great time to say, hey, are you stuck anywhere? Do you yeah. need some help? That was always the thing that the daily stand-up really focused on was it wasn't a report on what you're doing. No. It was more important that the other team members hear where you are and you cry for help and say, right. I'm having trouble with this thing. Can somebody help me with this? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden somebody comes over and goes, I'll come to your desk after this and I'll help you with this. Right. This could be this could be your child saying like, oh, mom, I know that practice my violins on there, but I'm having so many problems with this piece. And it's like, oh, well, maybe we could find a video on how to help you with holding your bow correctly or whatever the problem is. And this is. goes back to the right? flexibility and, and finding the correct path to where you need to go. 
Um, you know, the goal is to learn violin, but maybe the, 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 you know, for your learner, learning violin is not learning Chopin, right? It's, right. it's learning, I need to learn the ACDC version of this song, right? That's the <laughs> correct way to learn violin because your kid wants the 80s rock music violin, right? Right, Whatever, whatever, whatever it, it might is. be, right? And we've been talking about like two work in progress tasks, but you may say, you know, six things. This And this is our day. Yeah. Hey, today, these are the six things on our day. We've got this class we're going to go to, and we're going to do an English lesson, and we're going to do a little history, and we're going to do an art, and we're going to have some park time. But even, but Does even anybody with, have any, yeah. like, this is the priority of this. So if we end up taking double the time on our English lesson, what ends up, you know, what, what priority does that have, yeah, right? What, so what gets booted. Yeah, the dance class that we paid for, that might be the top priority. Like, we're going to make it to dance class. Come hell or high water, dance class is dance happening, is right? One, yeah. So, you know, maybe that's your top priority. Hey, we're going to get to this, but we've got these other things. And maybe, you know, if it's our kids, Lego goes on that list. Yeah. Our kids are like, okay, Lego's here. And Audiobook, for them, yeah. Lego is really important. So they're going to say like, you're, you're going to say as the parent, okay, great. Well, Lego's number six on my list because we need to get these other things done for for homeschool well, we, first just today we, you said to our daughter and she was really you know jonesing to do this lego set mm-hmm. and you said that's great you're going to need to finish up homeschool for with your dad before right. that go ahead you go ahead and, and get once this. you're done you go for it and she walked right up to me she said daddy where's my homeschool i need to get my she just came back from a trip so we, we kind of went light today uh, so i just gave her some you know math and i made her read a short story and that was really what it was mm-hmm. but she did not she was like, I want to get to the thing I need to get. And right. in order to do that, I need to get this piece of work done. And it was a short amount of work, so less than 30 minutes. And so mm-hmm. that could have easily been a sticky note that was on her doing before she got to pull the But if Lego. she didn't know that that was something that was yeah. that, that could be on the docket today, if she just came home and it was like, okay, well, we got to do homeschool. She's like, oh, I don't really want to do that, you know. Yeah. I mean, I remember when you first got home and you said, hey, why don't you get out your book? She kind of sighed. Then she came up to me and said, hey, mom, can I do Lego? And I was like, as soon as you get your homeschool done, I have no problem with you doing your new yeah. Lego set you got for your birthday or whatever. And she was like, okay. And then I, the next thing I saw, she was at the table working. <laughs> no complaint because problems. she knew yeah. that that's what's going on. So it helps everybody get on the same page. And doing that, you know, kids love to know what's coming mm-hmm. in general. They And we used to do this with our girls before we go to bed, tell them what was on the docket for the next day. Here's what's coming up. Mm-hmm. But our, I mean, our youngest asks every day, is today a preschool day? Like she, she wants to know. They want to know what's coming up. So this daily two minutes, it could be five yeah, minutes. Five it doesn't minutes, have yeah. to be a lot just puts all the family on the same page and you did this with your team when you were naval architect and a lot of the people were like all of a sudden you guys started getting a lot of work done right it was started getting tons of stuff done what i liked about daily stand-ups is that it takes it allows people to interact that normally don't interact like a lot of times in a work environment we cannot talk to certain people or we may not interact but every single day you're talking every single day you're Mm -hmm. standing there and this is the key thing is nobody was sitting down. You can't just do it from your desk. You, you have to stand around a monitor and you're all talking and you go to each single person. Yep. What are you working on? Is there anything we can help you with? Right. And and it creates this kind of camaraderie and it's very, I don't know, it's just very fun. I always enjoyed it. It's very energizing and it's yeah. great, you know, with this board as you go through your day. Sometimes I think our kids think we have like an endless homeschool list for the day and at some point we just run out of time and go, okay, well, we're, we're done for the day. When really you do have a defined set of things you want to get done today. Mm-hmm. If they could just see it visually, you might get a lot 
Yeah, I think we're convincing ourselves to make a combo for homes. <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm like, yeah, let's do this for us because it is really great. And you can see And when we did this at home for our home tasks um, and we got out of the habit of it for whatever reason, but it's fantastic. Yeah. And it just helps everyone be on the same page. And you, you do you, move through things so much faster. You end up getting things done. And that's the key is once you start th- seeing things get completed, you know, you've been doing your, your, your work, you got your priority, you're reviewing and you're adapting based on what, what, what you're hitting. Um, you're improving things along the way. Just being able to achieve things at the mm-hmm. end, it allows you to, I think this is another thing that we want to talk about is celebrating when you finish something. Absolutely. Like being able to say, look at all those tasks that we have finished. Yeah, look at all that stuff we got done. Look at the work I was able to do, you know, putting together the outdoor um, structure that I did this summer. You know, I was able to lay everything out you know, very methodically. And in three days it was done. And it was like, and it was done, done. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't halfway done. It wasn't a quarter done. It didn't take five weeks to do. I finished it in three days. And because I was organized and I was thoughtful and I, I had done yeah. my planning and I had, you know, I, I, I internalize Kanban now a lot. Mm-hmm. So I just have it in my head. I could just kind of lay it out. I don't really need all the, all the things. I like the visual though, because, still do like it, because yeah. then you and I can be on the same page, right? Cause you yeah. said like, Oh, I'm going to get started on this thing. And I was like, oh, great, he's going to start building it. But no, you meant you were going to get started laying out all the tools and screws and bolts and stuff, which was incredibly valuable and the right thing to do. But when you said you were going to start, that's not what I thought you were going to do. Mm -hmm. And so this is very helpful even in a marriage for us to be like, okay, what is everybody doing and what does it mean? What does done mean? Because your definition of done and my definition of done actually on that project were different. You had said you were done. And I said, no, we haven't anchored the structure into the concrete yet. We aren't actually done. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those ways where if we'd had it on the board and luckily we were able to get that done pretty quick, but you know, it wasn't truly done. And that's where those little, you know, ending bits of your tasks just hang on. Um, And I think showing our kids that sense of accomplishment, moving things across the board and seeing at the end of the day, oh man, look at all those sticky notes. Yeah. You know, look at all the things we did today. Or, you know, you can get magnets that are, you know, dry erase magnets. Those work great too. And you can just write on yep, them. Yep, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about just a couple of things about limitations. Um, right. It's um, not perfect. It's not perfect. So it's not suitable to every learning style. You may have a learner that just wants to sit down and do their work alone and, you know, for hours and hours. I mean, maybe that's not something that works well. For your learner, they don't want to be looking at a board of things they have to do. They maybe get overwhelmed. Stresses them out. It stresses them out or something like that. Yeah. yeah. They, they, maybe they just want to, they can only focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. You know, they just, whatever you put in front of them is what they're going to work on. And seeing all these other things just makes them feel a lot of pressure. Or like, like seeing all the different like subjects they have to cover or whatever. Like there's right. kind of a learning diversity thing there where they're, mm-hmm. I got math, I got reading. Oh, I got to do this thing. I got, oh, you know, it just gets kind of scary. And maybe mm-hmm. they don't want to see the backlog. Right. And so that, you, know, you may adapt it and just kind of hide the backlog and just say, well, maybe you only have two columns, what you're doing and is it done? And then you just give them one thing, right? You may have to adapt the Kanban board. And there's, again, it's, it's guide not right on. for everybody. It's not right for everybody. Um, people do have like using digital tools. Um, so if you, you know, you're like, you feel like you got to do the digital tools, maybe you don't have access to that. That could be a thing. We really like the analog version. I like the sticky notes, mm-hmm. you know, what, whatever works best for you. And obviously there's, you know, this continuous monitoring of what's going on. Sometimes people may feel like that's burdensome. If you're like kind of an unschooly family that maybe that doesn't work well yeah. for you. You feel like you're dictating mm-hmm. what's happening or you're, you're, you're determining what is happening to your, your child's, um, learning progress. I, I 
maybe that doesn't work well for you. Although I think that you could still, you know, in that collaborative sense, when you're yeah. making up the tasks, you know, you've got a kid who wants to learn Japanese or and, something. And What's your plan to learn Japanese, and right? They, and and the one thing with like, it, that's great. Like, so an unschooler could actually say, I'm the parent am not making the task items. Right. The child is making the mm-hmm. task items and I am helping them prioritize those things. And when they come to the board, they do it themselves, mm-hmm. right? You can easily see how like Kanban can adapt to basically the learning style that you might, you might have. Right. So let's talk a little bit about some world, real world examples. I think for some people that we've talked to a few of them, we've obviously talked about the staining of the fence example. <laughs> um, but let's talk about like a mathematics, like, okay, I'm going to do some math and I'm going to try and use my Kanban board to do that. So, you know, you're obviously you're going to like say, okay, is it addition or subtraction? I'm going to like break out all these worksheets and these tasks that I need to accomplish. So we're, Hey, we're learning um, a certain concept and it's going to take, you know, a couple of weeks to do that. We're going to learn about, um, addition or maybe subtraction, like the different types of mm-hmm. subtraction problems that we might face, whether it's a horizontal problem, vertically aligned problem, um, you know, we're borrowing the 10 right. and that type of thing. We need to see all the various different flavors. We're going to go all the way out to the 10,000s place because that's the place value that we've learned, or we want to go all the way to the millions place. Mm-hmm. I need to teach the millions place. And you're going to start putting together all these little sticky notes. You may not be doing a curriculum. You may be doing a DIY thing, or you may right. be doing your own type of, you know, eclectic homeschool. If you are an eclectic homeschooler who does not, or your student doesn't necessarily follow a preset curriculum, and you as the parent are having to kind of ad hoc your way through this, Kanban may be a very helpful thing for you to kind of bring structure into the process of what you're learning. Now, a lot of us, you know, like if I'm doing right start math, I'm just going to the next lesson. Or, you know, I might skip the lesson and say, okay, this isn't applicable, and I'm going to move on. But if you tend to have something that's a little bit more eclectic, a little bit, you know, you're, you're putting this thing together kind of on the on the fly. Mm-hmm. This may be a process to help get you a little bit more structure to move through this, whatever this task or right. concept that you're trying to learn. You could do like, let's say you do a literary board. Let's say that you're, you have a teen and you want to get them to branch out in their reading, start yeah. branching out to genres. You could do a Kanban board that has a bunch of columns for different genres and say, you know, I want you to read something in, in literature. I want you to read something in sci-fi and fantasy and all these different things. This could, could be like short stories. Yeah. Short stories yeah. or small novellas or books or whatever. And you put different things in there. Maybe your child comes up with the books that are going to go in there. And then you have one column for you know, in progress and one for completed. And this could be a digital Kanban board. You could use something like Trello. Trello would be great for this. So you could have your child say like, okay, there's all the books that we want to read for the year so that you get a really well-rounded literary education and 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 then they pick. And a longer book may have to get broken up into pieces. Like you're going to read chapter one and two today and then you're going to write a short little composition on what you read about this thing. Right. Right. And then we're going to read three and four. We're going to then instead of write a composition on it, we're going to discuss what was re- mm-hmm. what was read and then so on and so forth. Like you may break it up into pieces like that, because remember, your tasks have to be small and achievable so that you can move things across. There's that sense of accomplishment. Right. We want to make sure we're always going towards completion. But you can make the Kanban board any number of columns you want. So let's say you're doing something for science. You could have your Kanban board with columns be the stages of experimentation. So you get mm-hmm. your hypothesis and your data collection and your analysis. And you can be you can put all of your tasks within those columns and those are all in your backlog. Mm-hmm. And then you have whatever you're currently working on. Exactly. So you know, however many columns you want to make, or if you want to make, we call them swim lanes, but they're different rows, basically. So let's say that in your Kanban board of your to-do, doing, done, you have like a swim lane that is your, um, 
your homeschool tasks. And you have another swim lane that's your home tasks. Or then chores. Yeah, yeah. And chores. Or, right. or what if you have one swim lane that's what we want to do for every day? Here's the, our everyday tasks. So every day you're going to be practicing your violin for 10 minutes or doing whatever you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have one that's on a weekly or monthly level, and that's a different swim lane. It has a different backlog. So you can look and see, like, what kind of tasks are these? You know, for us, like, we do a reading lesson, you know, some something to do with reading every day. Mm-hmm. So if you put that in your backlog, you'd be moving the sticky across and you just move it back the next, you know, like it, maybe that does, that's not appropriate. Maybe it's more appropriate for your daily tasks yeah. to say, these are all the things we do every day. And I've heard some people having like different types of Kanban boards, like something that's for daily stuff. Like, and you may have one for homeschool. You may have a board for chores because they, they just need to be separated. Right. So you can say, Hey, have you done your stuff on the chores task board? But I like it where they're all together. Like if you have to, yeah, I'd rather use swim lanes personally. Yeah, sw- yeah. I'd like to do like homeschool and then chores and typically for most of our kids that's kind of the extent of what they're working on right right they, they're doing something in the home to help and then they're doing their schoolwork or their or their their uh their hobbies practice right hobbies you know practice, oh yeah. you've decided you want to play basketball this season I great 10 minutes outside you need shoot. to practice your dribbling or shooting for however long and, and those type of things that are just done once and then you move them back at the end of the day like like a kind of a completion board at the mm-hmm. end of the day um i like to use like those as like magnets that you can then write on yeah, because the dry erase ones are because great. if you're moving the sticky note back and forth you might get about 10 unstick sticks before that sticky notes falling back right. off yeah so getting kind of like a magnet that you can write on put that task you can just slide it back and forth i, I would i would recommend you to do that but i think this is something that we might adopt for our our daughter because our, our older daughter yeah. is very completion focused and we could say like hey when all of the magnets are on the right side of the board you can do whatever you want. Exactly. You want to do Lego? You want to have a dance party? You want to watch a movie? I don't care. Yeah. You can do it all, yep. right? Because there's there's definitely big incentives. And, you know, for our kids, they can see like, oh gosh, you know, I, I swear if our kids would just focus and do the things that we need them to do, they would have most of the day as free time. Yep. But instead, some yep. days they end up having like half an hour, an hour of free time we, we because already, they dawdle yeah. so long with everything that yeah, they need to do. We already homeschool in like a fraction of the time the public schoolers spend. And right. like it could even be less kid. <laughs> well, it, it isn't that long. Yeah. But gosh, sometimes it take it can take 30 or 40 minutes just to get everyone to get dressed. Right. I mean, you guys know this is, well, this is down, totally the way it happens. I came downstairs this morning and... They were sitting on the couch and they're like, we're watching a little bit of TV. I'm like, we are leaving this house to pick up your friends to go to the parent partnership in 15 minutes. You need to be dressed. I need teeth brushed. I need all this stuff. And I know how long it takes y'all to do that. They're like, no, no, watch it for five minutes. I go, I don't even think you're physically capable of doing the things you need to do in the next 15 minutes. But it's it's funny because I've, I've said to them before, hey, if you can, you know, teeth brush, do this, get all the stuff, we'll watch like, you know, a cooking video or whatever before bed or we'll do or watch yeah. an episode of Bluey or something. Those kids, they get dressed and brushed. It's like lightning. Yeah. But in the morning, you try to get the, them dressed and stuff so you can get started on your day and your homeschool or whatever we're going to do, Get go for a walk or go to the park. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's like pulling teeth and it takes for. It takes so long. So I think, you know, part of the great thing about Kanban is just how visual and how it puts everyone on the same page, even your kids, and they can really see. So I I think that there's there's tons of good homeschool examples. I hope you guys try this out. It's super simple. Grab a whiteboard or a piece of paper or whatever and put it up on the wall and get some sticky notes or whatever and start with it. I think that especially for 
especially for older learners. I think this would be great for teens to run their own Kanban board. Oh, without a doubt. But, um, you know, for your home tasks, you can try it. For your homeschool, try it and come back to us. Yep. Tell us what happened because... I've now, I think, I think I am now convinced. I want to get this started for our I've homeschool. All, I, I've always I love said, Kanban. I've always said if I ever started, if I ever started a small company, we'd be one hundred percent Kanban. It's fantastic. Isn't this podcast a company? Where's our Kanban board, Ariel? <laughs> well, I wanted to put it right there, but I you know. were, you didn't want to put it in the office. I still want to put it in the office. We got to put a sticky note together and say, convince husband to put convince st- husband <laughs> that we need to put this up here because they, we have a lot of podcast tasks too. So, so you know, long, long story short, Kanban is really there to help you achieve and complete things in any facet of your life in any facet of your <laughs> life in an efficient manner and and really eliminating your work in progress making those tasks small i keep coming back to it having some ke- sort of to do doing and done and, however even if it's more columns than that and getting kind of like that and getting things off the list one of the you know you know what i always like i always like crossing things off the list oh yeah i love that and, and, and i love it and i love getting projects done because there's such a sense of accomplishment and mm-hmm. you know you have this long list of things that need to get done. But if you can just do three or four of them, it makes people so much happier, right? Oh, yeah, I, I know there's more stuff to do, but we actually did things. We got things done. right? And it's just, there's a sense of accomplishment there that I wish everyone could feel. Like once you, even the person who's like as scatterbrained as me, I used to have like 50 projects going on. I can tell you what, just accepting that not everything is going to get done but i'm going to start doing things mm-hmm. is it's just a very very happy place for me like, it was even unburdening to just write them all down oh yeah you know just to say like can oh, i think of anything else that we need to do is there or, anything i'm forgetting or, here it's or like the, or, okay you know infinite complexity of things that i can do on a daily basis or projects that i can do looking at all those things and going what are the top three projects that I need to get right. done? Or what and can just, I get done in five minutes? Or, you just, know, <laughs> what are those top three projects? Well, it's painting this room. It is fixing the this thing in the hair and it's doing this thing. Okay. Out of these three things I present to you, wife of mine, <laughs> love of my life. <laughs> what are the three things you yeah. need me to do? Well, I want you to do this one, this one, and this one. I said, no, no, no. Put them in order and say, okay, this is the most important thing. So great. Now I've got my priority right. and I don't have to think about the other 47 things Mm -hmm. they're they're done it's now this one and if i can get this one done or you know if if you come to me and say well i want you to go do this thing i'm like okay take that off the board right because that's not next that's not next now it's now it's this thing and now i'll start working on this thing and all i have to do is think about that one thing and taking away the 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 anxiety of picking and priority and everything just saying i'm going to just get this thing done and when it's done, I'm going to celebrate it and I'm just going to move on to the next thing. Yeah. I don't have to worry about anything. So there's no like anxiety. There's no fear. It's like you can only do so much and I'm just completing right. as much as I possibly can. That is something I think I wish people would feel more of that they can just say like I'm doing things. And I think, you know, putting this into the homeschool environment, you know, in the, in the mentality there is getting your kids education done. Is a, is a great thing. Like we're moving through curriculum. Sure. You're learning things. You're achieving things in your in your personal life, violin, dance, whatever it might be. Um, doing these projects and doing these science projects, joining these clubs, whatever it might be. Getting those things done means your children are being fulfilled in their education. And I think that's, that's the thing that we're looking for. Well, and then at the end of the day, you can know when you can 
take off, right? Sometimes yeah. I feel like it's the never ending to-do list yeah. and I can't ever just say, I've done enough for today. I'm going to sit on the couch and watch TV, right? Like I, I sometimes I feel like really guilty about taking that yeah. time. But if you can see all the things that you've accomplished or you know that none of the things that are like you, you put in a good day's, you put yeah. in a good day's work. It's like, okay, great. And these are the things I'm going to do tomorrow well, and, and I'm ready. And that's like, um, I use a strides app for things that I got to do every single day strides. And I'll put a link to it down below. You can get seven to do things before you have to start paying for it. So I've always had just capped it at seven, but I could tell you all the days where I like get my writing in, I do my workout early. I do all my other little tasks. And then all of a sudden you're right. It's like five o'clock and I've done everything for the day. Those right. are the best days. Cause yeah, you're right. I could just sit down and watch yeah. a movie. Yeah, I could do whatever. Let's watch a movie. Let's play a game. I've done the things I need to do today. And it's great. And the same thing with the Kanban board. I've done the things I need to do today. Education's over. I've done my violin. I've done this. I could do whatever. You're right. right. Go have fun. Right. So I think priority number one, husband, put up our Kanban boy. <laughs> uh, uh, doing. I'm doing it. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time, happy homeschooling!